Welcome to this edition of Energized, a podcast presented by Surrey Yakin Electric Membership Corporation. This is Wendy Wood, Manager of Communications and Community Relations. SYEMC is a member-owned electric cooperative situated in the Yakin Valley area of Northwest North Carolina, serving members in Surrey, Yadkin, Stokes, Wilkes, and Forsyth counties. We look forward to our time during Energized so we can share more information about Surrey Yakin Electric with you. Today's focus is on outages and power restoration. Joining me are Mike Mills, Manager of Operations, and Brian Kennedy, Vice President of Member Services and Public Relations. So Mike, when people think about power outages, a lot of times it's related to weather damage, like fallen trees from wind and rain during a storm, and in the winter, um, due to the weight of the snow or ice that pull the lines down. When there isn't bad weather, what are some of the reasons members might experience an outage? Well, Wendy, you mentioned one of them. The, the biggest reason for outages tends to be trees. Uh, small animals such as squirrels, birds. Uh, we've seen raccoons, possums, snakes. Uh, things that people typically don't think about is, is generally the cause of most of these outages. Uh, not to mention car wrecks, uh, during hay season, tractors, combines, um, things like that, hitting the guy wire, breaking poles. So there's a, there's a whole lot of things that, that the membership don't see that does lead to some of those outages. Now I see birds land on the lines all the time. How do the animals affect the lines if the birds can land there? Well, as far as landing on the lines, um, you know, naturally they're not touching ground. So that's why the power don't go off from that. Uh, the issue that occurs with, with a bunch of birds on the line, uh, if it's a long span of wire and you have several hundred birds and, and they all fly off at the same time, that creates uh, the wire to move. It has belly in it, sag, and sometimes it will slap into the neutral. Uh, so that creates a phase to ground short. Um, also with birds, if, if they were to be on your transformer, a uh, woodpecker, take that for instance. Uh, if he is sitting on top of your transformer or on the phase wire itself and goes to pecking on the top of the pole, that creates that phase to ground contact. Uh, so that would result in an outage. So how does the co-op find out about outages when they happen? The biggest asset we have is the membership itself. Um, uh, if my power goes out, uh, I try to call into the office and report that outage. And, and that is by far the greatest tool we have is, is the phone call. Um, we do have a smart hub app that I believe Brian may be touching on here shortly uh, that is linked directly to the member's account. And, and it's set up to where the member can just report the outage straight from the app and uh, simplifies the whole process. Brian, I know a couple of times we've had some large outages that have affected several hundred people or more, and sometimes the phone systems do get busy. Are there other ways members can make sure their outages are reported? Sure. As Mike mentioned, they can use a Smart Hub app or they can go to our online portal in Smart Hub. And as Mike also mentioned, the Smart Hub can allow you to look at your usage, you can set up payments, of course report outages, and you can compare your usage from now to past times. I know there's a couple of options on the phone systems when people do call in. Um, can you explain which ones they should use for full power outages and which ones they should use if they have like a yard light out or something like that? Yeah, sometimes when you call in, option one is set to go right to the outage reporting. 
And the more information that someone can give us, the better it would help our operations team understand what actually needs to take place at that time. So if they can give us a better detailed description of whether it's just a yard light or whether it's an actual outage, that would be great. Once we get a report of an outage here at the office, what are the first steps the line crews take to determine where it is, what's causing it, what they need to do to restore power? Once the crews get the call, their first call is to their duty partner. Uh, so they will reach out to their duty partner and we send two men per truck. Um, we feel that, that that protects the men in the event something was to happen, we have a second person with them on site. Uh, so once they reach out to each other, they will meet on the job site. Once they ride the line and they determine what the fault is, then before they start work, they have the tailgate meeting. They will conduct this tailgate meeting, what the job's going to pertain to. But their process in all this, there's five major steps in restoring an outage. And this applies whether it's distribution, transmission, whatever the outage. There's five steps of restoring it, and they have to identify the problem, number one. They have to isolate the problem. They have to tag the circuit they're working on. Then they have to test the line, and then they have to ground the line. So all these steps have to take place before they begin work on this outage. Okay. So what are some of the typical time frames of an outage repair. For example, if it's just one pole that might be broken and need to be changed out, how long might a pole change take? You know, again, everything is really outage specific. Uh, every, every problem is different. Uh, if it's a single phase pole uh, that the men can access by truck on the side of the road, single phase pole they could have changed out as soon as two hours. Um, but if that same structure of pole was to be off the road, across the tobacco field in the middle of a hollow, you may have to have specialized equipment to get to that pole. So the same structured pole that you could do for two hours up here may take you five hours just because of accessibility issues. Um, and then naturally the, the three-phase conductors uh, that we have online, the same thing applies. Um, where it might take three, three and a half hours to change one accessible on the side of the road may lead into eight hours, um, depending on where it's located. Explain the difference in single phase and three phase. Your single phase conductor is, you just have one hot wire uh, coming in. You will have one hot wire on top, which is carrying your 7200, and then the wire directly below it will be your common neutral. So that verse, one single phase line would be a total of two wires. A three-phase line, you would have three conductors carrying 7,200. So, and the purpose of these three-phase, you may have larger commercial accounts, and you can divide your load. You can put so much of your load, so many circuits, off of this phase, so many off of your B, so many membership off of your C phase. So that just allows you to break up your load process to keep from overloading your system or or not keeping things balanced. So if a three-phase line goes out, it would be a much larger outage than a single phase? Absolutely. It affects more of our membership. Okay. Why do we not provide estimated restoration times in most cases? Well, we keep going back to it's, it's outage specific and, uh, and that's why. Um, 
you know, naturally we serve a lot of areas that are really hard to access, uh, just in a regular pickup truck, much less big equipment. So whenever you serve these locations, uh, the upper end of Wilkes County, parts of Yadkin, Surrey, it's all over. Um, what could be a simple fix, it's going to take a while to find that fault because the men may have to park their truck on the road and they may have to walk this whole section of line. Um, because as part of their five-step process, we can't just roll up to a job and say, well, we think it could have been this or we think it could have been that and try to refuse it or throw the recloser back in. They have to go through these five steps and we have to identify the fault before we try to energize it. Uh, and we do that mainly for the protection of the public, the protection for our employees and our coworkers. Um, if something took it out, we want to relay that to the membership and give them an accurate assessment on what had it off. If somebody sees a downline or a broken pole, Brian, what should they do? I would try to get it reported as quick as possible. You can definitely call into our phone system, use option one, or use a Smart Hub app, but I would definitely try to get it reported as soon as possible and then try to stay away from it because it's going to take them a while to get there and possibly get that de-energized. I know on, on occasion sometimes we'll have members that might be able to get a picture of something or you know, and turn that in or call us and they'll let us know they've seen something. Um, are there safety protocols that the public need to take? I will say we definitely appreciate the pictures and it helps us locate where the outage is at. As far as safety protocols, I'll let Mike take that. Well, the, the biggest thing, the member would need to stay at least 100 foot back. Uh, if they see the problem and they report those issues to the office, that's good. Uh, but realistically, it, um, I don't know that it's going to help with the restoral time. It helps get the crew on site faster. But the member safety comes above everything else. So we would rather them, if they can see trees down and they think there may be a line down, that's the way we would like them to, to portray it. You know, we've not been up close, but we think there may be an issue here. Uh, that's the approach we would rather the membership take to um, make sure they stay safe and then it gets the guys going in the right direction. It'll save time, and then, uh, and then we can be a little more efficient with our time as well. So what is the difference in a transmission outage versus a distribution line outage? I know you talked a little about single versus three-phase line, but even the transmission lines are a little bit different. Um, does one take longer to restore typically than the other? In, in most ways, yes. Um, our transmission line typically carries 44 kV, 44,000, and then we also have 100,000. Uh, the biggest difference uh, with the time on the restoral of um, the transmission outage, everything is cross country. You don't have streets and roads uh, cutting through the bulk of our transmission line. Um, you know, there, there are very few places to where you will cross under one of our transmission line on the main road. Uh, so in the event we was to have these off, you know, we go back to check our fault indicators or some of the tools we have in place to shorten our search. Uh, but most of the time, that's just feet on the ground trying to find the fault. And once the whole line has been looked at and, and all parties involved feel clear about trying to energize it, we go through our proper steps of restoration and try to restore it that way. 
I'd like to throw one thing out there to Mike. And I noticed this when I came to work for the cooperative 12 years ago. You know, snow days used to be fun, and I still love to see the snow falling, but I have a different feel for snow days now since I started to work for the co-op. I just wanted to ask Mike, what does snow mean for the co-op, and what challenges does it bring for you? Well, I'm with Brian. It, it used to mean snow cream and, and lots of sleigh riding, but, uh, but anymore, whenever they're calling for snow, uh, in the co-op world, everybody's mentality changes. Uh, whether it's a hurricane, whether it's a snowstorm, ice. Um, you know, we have a storm team that gets together, we assess this, and if they're calling for flurries, we prepare for a foot. Um, because unfortunately, we're not home getting to play with the youngins and make snowmen anymore. It's, it's time to go to work, and that's, um, really that's what prides us as a cooperative membership, um, because that is what we can do for our members. We wanna be ready to respond we don't want to, um, to be caught with our hand in the cookie jar not expecting something. We want to be ready to go whenever that call comes in and be as efficient as we can for our membership. Which is typically worse, the snow or the ice? I'm going to have to go with the ice. Um, the snow's a lot prettier to look at, uh, but the ice can do a whole lot of damage and it can come really quick. Uh, just a, a few degrees difference in temperature can, can wreak havoc on the system. Um, you know, statewide, that's fortunately we've, we've dodged one for several years, but, but we're expecting it and, and we're prepared. We have backstock prepared for that and uh, we hope it's several more years to come, but ice can really wreak havoc on the system. I know it seems with every storm, we have some of the membership that will call in and say, I've seen a co-op truck, and then they just turned around and left. Um, we want them to know we do have men out ahead of the crews trying to assess the damage, um, trying to get a game plan for them while they're on their way up the road. We are placing men at different locations on that circuit to try to get that circuit restored in a timely manner. So, so if you see the co-op truck coming, we ain't forgot about you. We're just uh, we're trying to find the damage and see if we can't get you on as efficient as possible. The scouters and the bird dogs. There you go. <laughs> yes, ma'am. One thing I'll add to what Mike just said, we finished a full system inventory, and what we plan to do is use that data to try to start assisting them with fault location detection. So if we use our inventory and we can start using that data to take advantage we can help Mike and his guys try to find those faults quicker. And the more we use the data as we move forward, it's just more ways that we can help our operations team get to the outage quicker, safer, and get it restored quicker for our members. And they also have a list of, they know what equipment's on each pole so they can come prepared, right? Exactly. The inventory will show you every unit that's on the pole and what needs to be replaced. So it just helps us be able to respond quicker to what is needed in that outage. I thank y'all both for your time today. Um, for our listeners, if you need to report an outage, members can call 336-356-8241 or 800-682-5903 or access your Smart Hub portal online or via your app. As we sign off for this edition of Energized, I hope this information was helpful and I look forward to spending time with you on the next episode. You can find more information on Suryak and EMC 24 hours a day at syemc.com. 
This is Wendy Wood signing off. And until next episode, remember to stay energized.